Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. And oh, do we have a special surprise for you today, straight from the gorgeous plains of Ithaca. Usually it's just me and Michael on the Monday episodes. But Jason has stopped in to bless the mosaic. Oh, yeah. Here. Jason is here. He is going to do the review episode. Actually, a little. This, this, this is a bittersweet news because Jason's not going to be on the Wednesday <laughs> episode this week. But he still wanted to get his, his voice heard at least once this week. Uh, his rankings will still be up, right, Jason? Of course. For sure. Yeah. So his rankings will still be up, and we will still be... Um, me and Michael will still be doing the Wednesday preview episodes, so shout out to me and Michael for being fucking soldiers. Always, buddy. And uh, shout out to Jason for being a soldier, too, honestly. But yeah, we're here. Uh, our, my favorite episode, personally, the Monday review episode. It's nice and light. Uh, there's not there's not much pressure to be correct <laughs> and things of that nature. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's nice and easy. It's cool sailing. So, uh, Michael... Put your phone somewhere where it doesn't buzz, man. What's wrong with you? What are you, an amateur? Crying out. Amateur cool hour? Sailing? I mean, cool sailing is like when you're like sailing and there's a breeze and you're cool and you have sunglasses on. Cool sailing. I, no. It's always <laughs> no. smooth sailing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that listen, was not smooth sailing. Do you know what is smooth sailing? Let's get into the news. Take it away, Donnie. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donnie H. Donnie H. at it again. Classic Donnie H. Classic Donnie. So, I want to start the news segment off with a pretty cool stat. For the first time since 1965, and listen, we all know that 1965 there was no fantasy football, right? Just stats-wise. For the first time since 1965, five separate players score over 40 half PPR points. Number one, Will Fuller put up 52 points. Jesus. Holy moly. Aaron Jones put up 46. Holy CMC moly. CMC put up 46. Holy moly. Deshaun Watson put up 41. Holy moly. And then Amari Cooper with the quietest 40-point game, I think, in, in the history of fantasy. Just like 10-yard 10 10 yard catched his way to 200 yards and a touchdown and had a garbage-time touchdown. So that doesn't even include 30-point scorers. Mike Thomas, the Philadelphia defense against the Jets, DJ Chark. And Matt Ryan, some more empty Deshaun stats. Deshaun Watson put up Adam in the 40s empty. as well. I, I mentioned Deshaun Watson number four. Yeah, guy. Come on now. Come on, man. Come on now. My bad. My bad. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, not much else to say about that. Just if you had those guys, congratulations. You probably won. Um, in my league, it was a heavyweight matchup. Uh, it was I had someone who, who put up f- two players with 40. Um, he had Deshaun Watson, and he had Philly defense. Luckily... I was armed with Michael Thomas and Aaron Jones. So I need one catch out of Odell Beckham Jr. to beat someone who had Deshaun Watson in the Philly defense last week. Very nice. I think you'll get it. He had Sammy (laughs) Watkins, too, so I got pretty lucky on that one. Yeah, that was was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. I I faced Jason. Yo, guys, Jason and me in our our main league have probably the saddest matchup of all time. Worst matchup ever. I started Dorsett and Watkins, who both had zero after getting injured. I started Wayne. Win. I started Wayne Gallman, and I had the likes of um, Jacoby Brissett, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, 
Let's Ronald just say Jones. we definitely did not have any of the people listed earlier. <laughs> no, we definitely did not have any of those guys. Um, you would have gotten beaten by two of those guys, Tim, at least. Jason's yeah. going to end up putting possibly 100 at least, which is fair. Oh, big we'll time. We'll see. We'll see if he was up 100. We'll see. Um, yeah, but let's let's get right into this news, the main news of the day. Uh, the Redskins fire head coach Jake Rudin after five years. Bill, Hall- Bill Callahan, uh, the offensive line slash assistant head coach, uh, takes over as intern head coach. Funny enough, he has been a head coach one other time. Do you guys know when that is? It's a long time ago. You guys are very young. I'm it was blanking. with the Raiders, and he took over for John Gruden after John Gruden right. left. So Bill Callahan making a living out of taking over for the Grudens. Um, Callahan was a head coach for those two years, took Gruden's squad to the Super Bowl, and then the year after went 4-12, and got fired, shit-canned. That was over a decade ago. Then he had the head co- coaching job at Ala- uh, at um, sorry Nebraska. Um, his NFL resume over the last decade, he's been very good at coaching O-lines. He coached the Jets O-line during the Rex Ryan, the Brickershaw Ferguson, Nick Mangold years. He coached the Cowboys O-line. Uh, very recently, and then in the with the skins, he signed on at 16. Uh, the skins had a pretty good old line until it just collapsed. Um, so, re- really, the question is, what does this mean for the Redskins in terms of fantasy outlook? Jacinta Anderson of ESPN reported that Callahan has already been vocal about how he can't believe that the Redskins don't run more. Um, they're always a negative game script, so it's impossible to run, really. But what does this mean for guys who are fantasy viable on this team? First of all, Dwayne Haskins probably take over a starter. Um, you got Chris Thompson, who's a fantasy viable player. A lot of people have Adrian Peterson on their team. Terry McLaurin. So, Jason, let's start with you since you are brand new to the to the Monday episodes. What does this mean for the Redskins' offense? I, I don't think it means anything good. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Jay Gruden. I thought he did a good job with not much talent. And we're seeing now that uh, Kirk Cousins probably isn't as good as he looked like he was in Washington. So that's an offense that's able to that's always been able to at least put up yards. It's similar to like I feel like the 49ers offense they're always able to put up yards. So those guys are always safe even if they don't get into the end zone. Uh, but now if they're gonna run the ball more, Terry McLaurin's really the only guy that you want at the start every week. So that's not good there. And then if they're gonna run more Chris Thompson the pass catching back's probably not going to get as much work so I I hate this yeah, yeah. also Callahan said that it's going to be either Keenum or McCoy uh, he said Haskins isn't ready yet so it was it's just strange strange what he said he said that he wants to get Haskins at least a few plays that he knows like perfectly to be completely comfortable with it, I don't know it just seems like Haskins isn't anywhere near ready which makes sense after his performance against the Giants three interceptions against the Giants defense is really bad I mean with the way that Giants defense is playing but yeah, this the Redskins are a bigger mess than the Dolphins even, maybe. Those two teams are just... I mean, at least the Jets are missing their starting quarterback. And All these people talking shit yo, about the Jets. Yo, I, people talking shit about the Jets makes me really mad because they're missing their starting quarterback, their starting middle linebacker, their best cornerback, their, one of their starting wide receivers, their starting tight end, two of their offensive linemen, a, a defensive lineman. Like, yo... Their entire team's on the shelf, and people are like, oh, same old Jets. Talking about the Jets, Jason's going to appreciate this one. Ten years ago today, before me and Jason had cell phones, before we had Twitter, before we had anything, all of our sports info had to be found out by ESPN and things of that sort. I went to class one hour earlier later than Jason, and I got some breaking news. I went into my high school classroom with Jason and let him know that his favorite 
player, Braylon Edwards, was headed to the Jets 10 years ago today. Fantastic. <laughs> That's crazy. I remember when Jay Jason was so hyped when Braylon Edwards got I remember that to this day. Michael wasn't even in that class with me. He just came in. Uh, he just walked in, walked up to me, and said, yo, it just got Braylon Edwards. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm mad hype. No one else cared around me, but it was great. Um, yeah, so, I mean, for me, the, the outlook here, I think if you're a Maybe if you're Chris Thompson over its owner, it's kind of good news. Um, maybe he gets more it. runs up the middle. Maybe he like runs the ball more. I don't really think anything changes. Yeah, it's I mean gonna McLaurin's be, gonna be the only really viable play in my opinion. It's gonna be tough. Um, Pat Mahomes tweaked his ankle. That's been bothering him. Um, you saw what happens when he's not as mobile. All of a sudden, when he can't make those plays, they don't look as good. And he had a lot of deep bomb just misses against the Colts the other day, um, who did a really great job uh, on Sunday night. Um, anything to be worried about? Also, on that team, Sammy hurt his hammy. Uh, Sammy Watkins out for the game. He was nursing a shoulder injury. He was questionable. Then all of a sudden he goes out with a, with a hamstring injury. This is just the story of Sammy Watkins, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it was just an all-around strange day for uh, the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey never goes four receptions on ten targets. He dropped a couple of passes. Uh, Mahomes just missed him on a couple of passes. He could have had a much bigger day. Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman were hardly involved because the Colts just absolutely controlled the whole second half. Byron Pringle ended up having a big day in Watkins' steed. Literally, he just stead. He just <laughs> took. He just yeah. took Watkins' role. So that must have infuriated Watkins' owners even more, man, because that's a hundred yards and a touchdown that likely would have been to Watkins, but it was Byron Pringle instead. We'll be we'll talk about Byron Pringle tomorrow on the waiver episode, but we'll also talk about him today. We will talk about him today as well. A little bit of a but of a preview. I'm not super worried about about it, man. The Chiefs, like like I said, the Colts literally controlled the entire second half, running the ball just over and over and over, running down the whole clock. It was a strange game, so I'm I'm not worried about it. Yeah, um, if if I'm if I'm a Patrick Mahomes, or do you know what it was, man? They were out coached. And Frank Wright is a, is a fantastic coach. And talk about a team that got lucky when what's his name the uh, the offensive coordinator for the for the Patriots McDaniel's ended up taking that job and then quitting that job. They really found a really 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 great candidate. Um, Word in his stead. Our, our favorite <laughs> new phrase apparently on the show. But yeah, they found a really great candidate. And it you know shout out to Frank Wright because he had a game plan and he knew that there was one giant giant advantage that he had and that was the Colts offensive line versus the Chiefs defensive line and he took care of that business oh yeah and uh, also I'm not even like being sarcastic Marlon Mack's run where he got to like the five yard line from like the 30 it's one of the best runs of all time I'm not even joking if you have not seen the run yet very good run go look at it again he cut back and like cut like three he cut back like four different times yeah and cut like three guys it was absolutely absurd you know it's crazy like I don't remember Marlon Mack looking like this last year. He's very patient this year. Trust his offensive line. They said it on the broadcast, and it's funny because I was thinking it as they were saying it. Kind of looks Le'Veon Bellish. You know what also I realized listening to the broadcast? Chris Collinsworth was going all analytical yesterday, and he even said that you never really see running teams. Uh, you never really see running the ball translate into wins. Like He was even getting into the zero RB side. And then I... Went to his Twitter and there's a PFF in his yeah, bio. He's one of the he's one of the main guys there. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. So he's uh he's trying to get the analytical people 
to start loving him now as a as an announcer too. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's where the game's going. I mean, Chris Collinsworth and Burger McFarland. It's two completely opposite. I he gets a lot of hate. Chris Collinsworth. I'm all about Chris Collinsworth. He puts in a lot of work. I've never been against Chris Collinsworth. I like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. I'm all about that team. Booger McFarland out. He's um, the worst. He's absolutely. He's absolutely. He's, he's trash. Yeah. He his name is right. He's Boogers. Um, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, a little bit of surprising news that just came through the wire today. Ben Watson officially released. Uh, by the Bengals. I'm sorry, by the Patriots. The he he so he retired, came out of retirement, got a PED suspension. Was supposed to play last week, missed the game because of personal reasons, and now he's re- and now he got released. Did they even pay him a dollar? I don't know. Probably not. What an awful! You should have just retired and stayed home, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what an awful sequence of events. I mean, who knows? Who knows what what was going on in Ben Watts' mind? He had he's had a really solid career. He's been a good player for a very long time. Like, if he wants to go, just you know, go, bro, just go. Um, Lyle Collins, oh, they're already missing Tyron Smith on that offensive line with the Cowboys. Lyle Collins, um, it, people with the Cowboys thanking the good Lord because their backup t- tackles don't belong in the NFL right now. Um, Lyle Collins had an MRI, and it was negative. He's clean, considered day-to-day, so Lyle Collins, the right tackle, which, look, hot take. Um, I, I actually got this from Brett Coleman. Shout-out to Brett Coleman, one of the best YouTube channels out there who breaks down film. Hot take, right tackles are getting more and more and more important than left tackles in the league because all of the best pass rushers line up on the right side now. To avoid that left tackle. And because of that, they're getting used to the left side. And if you notice, the teams with the best offensive lines have the best right tackles. Like the Eagles off. Yeah, and so right tackles are becoming more and more valuable. So for the right tackle. You got to protect that blind side for the QB, though, man, on the left side. That's true, but as quarterbacks become more and more and more mobile, that blind side becomes less blind. Especially... Coming out in shotgun all the time. Some people are just rolling out nonstop. Right. Coming out in shotgun, rolling out right away. All of a sudden, that blind side, there you could find ways to get around it. Uh, anyway, short news segment this week. Let's get right to the We Saw That Coming segment. I saw that coming from a mile away. The I Saw That Coming segment, or We Saw That Coming segment. Things that we called on our Wednesday episode um, that came to fruition. So let's start since Jason is the guest. Jason's the guest today, almost like, he right? Is, he is. So Jason, stop calling me a guest on our own damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I, listen, it's, I'm letting you go first. No, you so know what? Be, it, hurts. it hurts. It hurts because my boy out here, I, I became cool with someone out here, a cool kid, Danny, and he comes in on Tuesday mornings and he's like, "Yo, I heard your brother's podcast. It's dope." <laughs> I'm like, it's my podcast. He's like, "No, what do you mean? You're not on it." And I'm like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> I mean, shout out to Jason though. He will be in New York. Well, I said New York. Ithaca's in New York. New York he will City. be in Astoria, Queens, with us next week. So we'll be in the Here. same room. Yeah, we'll all be we'll be together again next week. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll we'll get some video of that. Broadcast throw it up on it. YouTube. Yeah, since we're all in studio again. Um, this studio it looks so nice, and we, we need to put some cameras up in here. Um, let's go with you first, Jason. We saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing a. I'm getting creative since it's my first time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this guy breaking guy. all the rules over here. Brilliant. Chill, <laughs> chill. No, I'm saying a, we saw that coming from the beginning of the season and last week. Okay. And that's Austin Eckler's relevance with Melvin Gordon back. And our main point in the beginning of the season was that the Chargers running back was a wide receiver two last season. And you want the guy who's going to pass catch catch passes. 
and that when Melvin Gordon comes back, Austin Eckler is going to be a decent RB2 in PPR. And what happened? Melvin Gordon came back, and Austin Eckler caught 15 passes. And I know that... Second most uh, ever for a running back. Yeah, and I know that they're not always going to be trailing, but he really was the main back at the end of the game when they were trailing, which is a great sign to see. And Phillip Rivers loves throwing to his back, so Austin Eckler's going to be around all year. Not for nothing, that offense looked like it was kind of force-feeding Melvin Gordon, and it kind of made the offense stagnant. Yeah, man, he did not. He looked rusty. Yeah, he looked he looked really rusty. And now they're 2-3. and three. This is another reason why I'm, I'm not buying into this Melvin Gordon takeover. They're 2-3, and three, man. They cannot afford to ease Melvin Gordon back in. They need to win games. You have to have your best players on the field at all times. Especially, that was a bad loss. They should have they should have won that game yeah, against that's Denver. Bad. That's a bad loss. Um, I saw that coming as Jalen Samuels. Kind of in the same breath, like last week, every all these fantasy experts and quotation mark experts on, on Twitter were all going, pick up Jalen Samuels, pick up Jalen Samuels, fade James Conner, pick up Jalen Samuels. I heard that over and over and over and over again. And, and we told you here on Wednesday, wait, just take it easy, take a breath, don't spend all your fab on Jalen Samuels because at the very best, he's a gimmick player and a handcuff. And we saw that gimmick completely fail against a much better defense in Baltimore than we see in Cincinnati. Three rushes for two yards from Jalen Samuels. Three of four, four targets, three receptions for only 11 yards. And he threw a pick. So all of the numbers that you got kind of got wiped away by his pick. He ended up scoring like 1.8 points. Yeah, I'm, I, have a, I have a subscription to The Athletic, um, the news outlet app on your phone or whatever. It's, it's a great source of just like info for the NFL and I respect all the guys on there, but last weekend, I saw on like Saturday, it was like they do these questions, like these mailbag type articles where people ask start sit type things, and like all of them were saying to start Jalen Samuels over guys like Cortland Sutton, James White. I'm like, what are you doing? It's a terrible idea. Yeah, and they and, they got good writers there. It's Selfino's yeah. part of them, right? Yeah, Selfino wasn't in that article. Yeah, love Selfino. He's, yeah. he's our guy. Um, but yeah, the athletic. Uh, you gotta love the athletic. Keep the athletic is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Jalen Samuels definitely. While if you did not spend all your waiver wire, your waiver wire priority slash your fab on him, congratulations, you made the right decision. Um, especially now with we don't know what's going on with Mason Rudolph. He took a nasty hit. I, honestly, it's easy to say nasty hit because of the way he went down, but really he got hit in the jaw, and he kind of went down the same way a UFC fighter goes down. Except UFC fighters aren't asked to fight next week. Yeah. They're asked to fight in three months, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how Mason Rudolph comes back from that. Um, and until then, it's a third stringer um, in an offense that is already kind of stagnated. Talking about the athletic, I read an article earlier today about that third string quarterback. I'm blanking on his name right now. It's a funny I'll, name. You'll yeah, find it. I, yeah, I found but, it. But yeah, he and this dude, Devlin Hodges, is his name. Go, That's Devlin not a funny Hodges. name. I don't know why I said it's funny name. I mean, it's a little. It's a little. Devlin. And is. this guy was. Emory Hunt, he was, like, talking up Devlin Hodges about being, like, his gunslinger, so it's not really that big of a downgrade from Rudolph. I mean, so he did lead we'll a touchdown see. drive in his first he drive. Did. But talking about, since you, you were talking about Jalen Samuels, though, I'm going back to that for one more second because this is why we say getting that Patreon waiver episode is so important. Because the first thing I said when I started the episode was, this is the week where you save your fab. And when you see the rankings and you see Jalen Samuels third, you think, oh, maybe I should spend a lot of money to go get Jalen Samuels. 
No, I said this is the week you save your fab. If you're desperate, maybe put a dollar or two on Jalen Samuels and see if you can get him for free. And it wasn't but this happen. is the week you spent you save your fab. That's why you gotta listen to the Patreon waiver episode. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Sign up for those waiver uh sign up for that waiver episode plus a whole bunch more for as little as three dollars a month. Just skip one coffee in the morning and you have and you have the opportunity to win. Your league, so we're making you money, duh, right? It's called investment. You don't even gotta yeah. skip the coffee; just get it black instead of a mocha choco cappuccino. <laughs> Good. All right, pumpkin spice season. Michael, who's your first? We saw that coming. This is gonna be quick and easy. Will Fuller. Oh my god! As soon as we started the Texans last week, I said it's Will Fuller day. We did, and fourteen receptions, two hundred seventeen yards, three touchdowns. Obviously, we didn't expect this to happen, but Will Fuller day was in full effect. Yeah, I mean, me and Jason's theory of his touchdowns need to come. That's just how it works. He's going to end with eight to ten touchdowns this season. There you go. There's three right there and 200 yards, and he won many people fantasy weeks this week. I will say, including you guys in your in your high stakes league, right? You guys had Will Fuller in your high stakes league, 52 points. Yes, sir. Uh, and Aaron Jones. Booyah! Booyah! <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, you guys are beating the guy that you're playing like 200 to like 210, right? Poor guy who scored 200 points is going to lose. <laughs> Poor dude. Um, but, yeah, uh, we we all agreed that it was Will Fuller Day on Wednesday. That that was one thing. Like, we make fun of the fantasy consensus a lot. But that I feel like that was one thing the, the fantasy it was. world yeah. was all about. Was like, Will Fuller was the guy. So, shout out to all the fantasy experts that got that right. Jason, who's your number two? That includes us, of course. Jason, who's your number two? My number two? Do, do I get three or number do I two? Um, we usually you do two, but we usually do you, two, two, three, three, but you know, you're a guest, so you could do it. Uh, I have three, two, two, two. I don't know the rules. You guys got to explain this. Oh, it's this. two, I'll, three, three, three. <laughs> I'll no, shoot two, two, two here. Three, three. <laughs> right, I have so. a quick tidbit, uh, Golden Tate. Just, we, we said, come on, like Vikings, cor- rookie quarterback, first game all season, ease him in. Don't start him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and Chris Carson, I'm going to start calling him Chris Carson because He's running like Marshawn Lynch. Ooh. Uh, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> Listen, he just stops talking to say it's pretty good, right? <laughs> so, just so if, if if you guys saw Tim's face, it, it was it was intriguing. <laughs> uh, Chris Carson, he's getting the bulk of the carries. Of course, the Seahawks are a run first team, and he's just looking like a beast with them. Pete Carroll, you know, a uh, coach likes a guy when you fumble three times in two games, and he still is like, I don't care. You're my dude. Uh, keep riding out Chris Carson. I said last week this is going to be a Thursday night. It's going to be a great game for Chris Carson. Wade Phillips can't stop the run. And he had a great game. Put up 20 points for you. I know it doesn't seem great with what happened on Sunday, but Chris Carson was great. You know, it's interesting because uh, that that game, they ran as much as I thought they were going to, but they also got a bunch of passes off. And you saw that Seahawks passing offense also come to light. Uh, coming off that running game. So. I said it was a perfect Russell Wilson day. You did. You I did. also told you guys that DK Metcalf was a good start because the true throw value king, all he has to do is connect for one touchdown, and of course he did. Metcalf's going to be wide receiver three all year. Uh, facts, facts. Um, I'll go with my second guy, my second one here. Um, Adam Thielen. We said, guys, start your wide receivers against the Giants. The Giants, cornerbacks, blow as hard as possible. Now, one thing we didn't see was Stefan Diggs didn't have the day that I thought he was going to have. I didn't say to start Stefan Diggs. I thought he was trash, too. I had him as wide receiver three as well. Yeah. I had him as wide receiver three. I thought he was going to be at least startable. He wasn't. But Adam, that's because Adam Thielen took up all that 
that goodness that that uh, Kirk Cousins was throwing out there. Two touchdowns, over 100 yards. Adam Thielen was the Adam Thielen that you know and love from last year. So Put in um, work. Yeah, we definitely saw that coming from Adam Thielen, who was, had been struggling this season. Michael, who's your second guy? My second one is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd mm-hmm. season we also said was going to be in full effect. He didn't have a touchdown yet. He had seven touchdowns last season. The offense really struggled last week. And then, yes, he was. He looked like he was going to be a bust for three and a half quarters. Yeah, I was nervous. But half quarters work too, baby. <laughs> because he went 10 for 123 and one on 14 targets. The drive where they tied the game, Dalton base. Dalton and Boyd basically combined for 70 yards and the touchdown just on that drive alone. And there's more great days coming in store for Tyler Boyd because they do not have a very difficult uh, schedule coming up for opposing receivers. So it should you should be happy if you're a Tyler Boyd owner. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe the, the Bengals will find out, hey, throw it to your best guy and stop throwing to Auden Tate on the fucking outside. Stop giving the ball to Joe Mixon because he's a bum. And there's also AJ Green was already ruled out for Week Six. It's Monday afternoon. Like who knows when the hell that dude's gonna be back? Yeah, uh, gotta love, gotta love some Boyd going forward. Um, Jason, you have a third guy here. Did you already talk about him? I touched on Golden Tate real quick. Michael, you have a third guy? No, I do not. Good. So we're oh, we're following <laughs> the rules. Look at that. Uh, Another thing, yo, look. Like I said, I, I love the athletic. I respect them a bunch. But one of the dudes said someone one of the mailbag questions. This was earlier today. If you're or on Saturday, one of these days, if you were looking to trade Todd Gurley for a receiver, who would you target? And one of them dead ass said Golden Tate. It's like that's the worst trade I ever heard in my life. Don't trade Todd Gurley for Golden Tate. Yeah, please. Don't. That's, <laughs> the, that's the official <laughs> Brodo stance on that one. Yeah, uh, that would be a surprise. <laughs> surprise, motherfucker. So the surprise, surprise segment, that's where we say some fries. some things that we definitely did not see coming. Or um, do you remember that video, on? Tim? What? Oh, that was that was a genius video like years ago. I forgot what it was. Some fries, motherfucker. All rise, Some fries, all rise. Yeah, that was funny. All right, let's go to surprise, surprise. I'm going to start because, holla, Teddy Bridgewater. Jason, when I said he's bridging the gap, Jason goes, fuck, he ain't bridging the gap, Teddy. Fuck, I'm going to hear. That was bridged, all Michael Thomas. I could have made those Yeah, throws. yeah, yeah. He bridged the gap all the way to 314 touchdowns, 28 fan- – that was 314 touchdowns. 314 yards, four touchdowns, 28 fantasy points for Teddy Bridgewater. Look, he averaged 6.15 air yards per attempt in the first three games. That's the lowest in the league. This game – 10.26 air yards against the Buccaneers. That's four extra air yards per throw. That is a shit ton of air yards per throw. So shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, bringing home the fucking the bridge, baby. The Saints Look, 3-0. and Their defense looking good. Sean Payton, you know, I, I heard this on the Around the NFL podcast. Um, I'm not telling you to listen to other podcasts. Listen to our podcast. But if you're going to listen to one, that's a really good one. Um, Four friends, like life ta- lifelong friends that do a podcast for the NFL. Uh, for NFL, it's really, really good. You're on the NFL podcast, but they, one of them said, like, this is going to be Sean Payton's, like, reinvigoration. And he's going to be able to coach. And you see it. Sean Payton is reinvigorized. I'm going to talk about Michael Thomas later, so we'll wait for Michael Thomas. But Teddy Bridgewater looked good, man. The, the glove was back. And shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. 28 points for Big Ted. Look, it sounds like Jason's going to talk shit about Teddy Bridgewater. Me and him are obviously not the biggest advocates of Teddy Bridgewater as a QB. But to say that last week, or well, yesterday, wasn't an impressive performance, that'd just be 
that just be stupid to say. Against a against a Bucks defense with Todd Bowles at the helm, that has looked a lot better than they have in recent years. Yeah, they've been at least middle of the pack yeah, defense been so decent. far this season, and he absolutely torched them. Yeah. and just went off. It was it, it was an my, impressive performance. My only point is that the touchdown to Ted Ginn, he was wide open. He was very wide open. But a lot of these throws to Michael Thomas, he was wide open. I mean, but they still got to make the throws. Yeah, though. he was making the plays. You know what's funny? Um. Deuce McAllister, you guys remember Deuce McAllister, the running course, back for the Saints? Man, He's now on their broadcast uh, team on the radio network. And and every time Michael Thomas scored a touchdown, he's like, I knew that was going to happen. This guy's too small. He can't stay with Michael Thomas. I told you it was going to happen. It's so funny. Um, Jason, who's your first surprise surprise? Surprise, motherfucker. LaShawn McCoy. Oh, man. This one surprised Listen, me in a bunch of leagues. I've been saying all offseason that Andy Reid is not a running back by committee guy. And... Damian Williams went down with an injury. He's back. And boy, did Andy Reid decide he was not going to be a running back by committee guy. Two targets, no rushes. What? I like, think nobody saw that. I, I think there's one thing to be said, though. He fumbled. Big fumble. Andy Reid's the type of guy that'll sit you if you fumble. Yeah, but I th- a vet like LeSean McCoy. I, I think that, I think he's new to the team, though. And I think if you follow LeSean McCoy on his, um, on his Instagram, as Dak Prescott put it yesterday, he's been smelling himself a little bit, LaShawn McCoy. So maybe Andy Reid sensed that and kind of, you know, gave him the stank. Because, look, Damian Williams on his way wasn't great. So I wouldn't, although it was a surprise that he shit the bed like that, I wouldn't say that I'm down on him going forward to the point where he's not going to be an RB1 anymore like he was with Damian Williams out, but he can be a viable RB3 kind of flex play. I don't know, man. I think we re- Andy Reid wants one back yeah we'll see well i think the fumble has something to do with it but if it will next week's gonna be a big indicator they also dude he started the game off very involved damien williams he had a couple targets and a couple rushes just on the same the first drive alone yeah and like we said already about the chiefs game it was a very strange offensive game for them because they really just didn't even possess the ball that long but damien williams had back-to-back targets in the end zone as well mike if you're ever wondering what michael does while we talk about this he takes Baby Sam. If you don't know who Baby Sam is. Baby Sam. Doo, 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 doo. You did that wrong. Baby Sam. Dar, 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 no. My bad. Uh, so if you've never seen Baby Sam before, he just plays with Baby Sam, and particularly with the old batteries. We didn't throw them out yet. And he just like <laughs> makes Baby Sam like like hop on it like it's a horse <laughs> and then he just like rides around with the battery in between Baby Sam's legs. That's what Michael does. And he's like, he's doing that. It's funny because he's doing that. He doesn't even notice. He's like looking at his... His research and he's talking and he's just also <laughs> playing with Baby Sam. Um, one thing that we didn't definitely didn't see coming: Byron Pringle. Pr- I'm sorry, Pringle. Byron Pringle. Delicious last name. Listen, don't take my shine because listen to this. Ready? Once he popped, the yards didn't stop. Boom, boom, ching. Um, Pat Mahomes can make Once anyone. Once you good. saw the crunch, he got some yards in a bunch. <laughs> Once um, he had that chip, he brought the Chiefs to a chip. Uh, but he didn't, though. Yeah, what? Come on. Maybe a fan. I don't fan. fucking know. It was off the top of my head. You uh, guys probably thought yours all day. Well, shout out to anyone who I started mean, Byron Pringle. One is the Pringle, you know, tagline. Once you pop the fun, don't stop. Once you pop the yards, don't stop. Duh. Um, anyway, um, when Watkins went out, you expected a wide receiver to have a big day. Maybe you didn't expect that to be Byron Pringle. But it was Byron Pringle, and it was Byron Pringle a lot. He had eight catches. Six, so, I believe. Six catches on eight targets. So it, it's, listen, it was the Byron Pringle show. Um, in this game, and it, it was very rare because, like we mentioned earlier, the Colts had a very good game plan 
against the the Chiefs, and that was we have a better O line than you, so we're going to run the ball as much as possible and keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands, which makes me a little scared for the playoffs if you're a Pats fan because the Pats don't have that type of O line. So the question is, how do you beat the Chiefs if you don't have that type of O line? No one's figured it out yet, but um, yeah. Byron Pingle, definitely a surprise. Michael, who's your second surprise? Uh, my first surprise. I didn't even give a first surprise yet, Tim. Oh, shit, I skipped you? You skipped me. Damn. Disappointing. That's that's host. That's a host party foul right there. It is. Gerald Everett. Someone you could skip over because he played on the Thursday night game. You kind of forget. But, dude, last week he went five reception, 44 yards, and a touchdown and eight targets. We were like, yeah, whatever, you know, because yeah. it's the Rams. It's the tight end position. That's the biggest game, like, ever under Sean McVay. And then last week, 11 targets, 7 receptions, and 136 yards. And he was super involved. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it just uh, Sean McVay decided we need to mix things up a bit and start getting another guy involved. Uh, Brandon Cooks obviously went down hard. His status for next week is in question. He's in concussion protocol. If Brandon Cooks is out, Gerald Everett becomes a tight end one, in my opinion. Even if Brandon Cooks is in, Gerald Everett is right there now in tight end one streaming territory because... Games like this from tight ends don't happen very often. And I will say this. With the Rams, you can't expect them to have the same offensive last, as last year because they're not throwing to the running back. So all of a sudden, those running back throws, they got to be called by someone, right? And it looks like Gerald Everett is the, is the benefactor in the last two games. Um, Jason, who's your second second surprise, surprise? My, my final surprise, surprise. Thanks, guys, for the update. Um, Ronald Jones, right when you think – every time you think that Bruce Arians is committing to him, he had 11 right. touchdowns last week to Peyton Touch. Barber's 10. <laughs> Touch, touches. <laughs> touches, yes. Wow. Uh, Barber also had a touchdown. There you go. In three of the last four games. So he's obviously the guy they're getting it to in the red zone. Uh, and if they're not going to commit to Ronald Jones as the main back in the middle of the field, you I mean, it's just going to be back to week one and two and three when you just had no hope. So right when it looked like Ronald Jones was gaining some steam, it went right back to a straight time split, timeshare. It's not something you want to Yeah, what a mess. depend on. Man, I was really high on Ronald Jones until yesterday. Now I'm kind of just like me. I'm, me luke, I'm lukewarm on him. My cousin, Our cousin Yanni, who you've you've heard on the pod a few times, fun guy he goes by in the Brodo Leagues. He, uh, We were laughing about it yesterday because was, Timmy was trying to sell people Ronald Jones in our main league. Yanni's in that main league. And, like, a minute after trying to sell him to Yanni, Timmy tweets from the Brodo account, who's your breakout for this year with a gif of Ronald Jones for the I wasn't, rest of the no, season? No, I, I wasn't trying to sell him. I just acquired him. Yeah, you just acquired him, yeah. yeah. And we were cracking up about that. Well, that's why I got him. We were so excited about him. Ronald Jones, and then that it was a dud performance. Yeah, but it was. I also wanted to tr- start a thread where everyone responds in gifts because I think that those are really cool. It was. I, it I was wanted cool. to start one. There were some cool responses. Yeah. <laughs> there were some Will Fullers in there. Uh, Michael, who's your uh, who's your last guy? It was Wednesday night. What was the date of last Wednesday? October 2nd. Jason was in Ithaca. Me and Tim were here in this room. And we laughed and said, maybe this is the week Allen Robinson goes over 15 and a half half PPR <laughs> fantasy points. <laughs> and by golly, it was. Oh, my God. Allen Robinson, it happened. He surpassed 15 half PPR fantasy points, guys. Seven receptions, 97 yards, two touchdowns. Chase Daniel looked awful, except when he was throwing to A-Rob, and that's because A-Rob was making tremendous catches. He had he, he had an opportunity for an even bigger game, but Chase Daniel sucks. Yeah, all A-Rob owners are out there probably begging for Chase Daniel to stay as QB, even though he sucked, because 
they finally got a big game out of Allen Robinson. And now, already, I read, like, the blurb for Allen Robinson on Yahoo from Roto World saying when when the Bears come out of their bye, he's a high-end wide receiver, too. If that's someone in your league reading that and believing that, sell him right now. Sell him right now. Right now. Right away. Right away. Because now, I have guess good what? news, by the way. That's his second game over 15 half EPR points as a Bear. Yeah. Ever. I have good Ever. news, though. The game was in London. The game was in London. So we can still say... He's only had one half pe- 15 point in America. In America. Yeah. Very true. Um, yeah, for all those people who are saying, oh, there's really no drop off between Mitchell Trubisky and Chase Daniel, suck me. Also, Trubisky might come back after the bye, too. He will. He will. And, and everyone's going to be thankful that he's back. All right? He may not be the MVP <laughs> candidate that I thought he could be, but he's better than Chase fucking Daniel. Um, <laughs> is, is that it? Is everyone good? Yeah. All right, let's move on to our stock risers. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analyst indicator could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. That's right, John. We got some stock risers for you, John. Yo, Leonardo DiCaprio gets me so damn hyped. I want to watch that movie right now. Yo, when you said Leonardo DiCaprio gets me so damn, and then you started with an H, I thought some different H word was coming. Hot, horny. hot and heavy, horny. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio gets more, most people horny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my first stock up, Josh Jacobs, man. One time for Josh Jacobs, twenty six for one twenty three and two touchdowns against the best run D in the league. And I'm gonna tell you what, the reason why I'm high on Josh Jacobs is not only because he did that against the best run D in the league. It's because the Raiders are better than they thought they were going to be. That's a 3-2 and two team, guys. 3-2. and two, The Raiders. John Gruden out here. John Gruden is so out here. And, you know, when we previewed the show, I said that the Bears defense was going to have more points than the, than the <laughs> Raiders offense. You did. And I said that Khalil Mack might kill someone. They legit shut down Khalil Mack. He had one QB pressure. He, he recovered a fumble that he didn't force. But he was really quiet the whole game. And the Raiders came through and, you know, had four sacks of their own. And John Gruden, at the end of the game, he said, we don't have a, a, a disco in here, but I want to dance anyway, which is a clear shot at Club Dub, That what the Bears do. Do you know what Club Dub is? I don't. After the Bears win, they have a strobe light in their, uh, in their locker room, and they play music, and they call it Club Dub hmm. after they win. So a clear shot at them. Um, John Gruden afterwards, he's on the podium. He's like, all I had to hear about for the last two years is the Bears and the Bears uh, – Pass rush. He's like, well, how about our pass rush? So John Gruden was focused. He had his team focused. And this team is a lot better. So we assumed that Josh Jacobs wouldn't be as good because he'd get game scripted out of a lot of games. So one of the reasons I'm high on Josh Jacobs is not only because he could put up 123 yards and two touchdowns against the best run D in the league, but also because that team's not going to be in negative game scripts as often as we thought they're going to be. So... I, I like Josh Jacobs, and I think that he's looking forward, and I would not be surprised if Josh Jacobs ends the year as an RB1. You know, we had Josh Jacobs, all three of us, as like a still a startable running back too last week. A lot of people had him like outside the top 25. Yeah. And there was this one dude on Twitter who tweeted at us saying that he was 0-5 because he started Jalen Samuels over Josh Jacobs. And we were like, and I was like, dude, this is why you got to look at our rankings. And I sent him <laughs> the link. He was like, thanks, bro. Because I'm telling like everyone on like the athletic and things like that, they're saying to start Jalen Samuels. Like you're telling people to start 
a backup running back who might have a role, might not. It's been one week against the Ravens when, yes, I know it's a tough matchup against the Bears, but it's a guy who's been getting 15 to 20 touches a game. Yeah, you got to like go Sometimes you just got to be smart and go with the damn player who's going to touch the ball more because yeah. sometimes things like this happen. And Josh Jacobs, shout out to him because he looks like the real deal. He, he, he was patient. He was, great. he was breaking tackles. Um, David Montgomery was supposed to be the guy that breaks all the tackles. David Montgomery, man, he looks bad to me. He looks bad. He looks bad. He he dances for no reason. His body is so like he looks like he's like a f- made of rubber. It's yeah. it's it's. Uh, I don't know. He was someone very mixed coming out of college. People loved him. People hated him. We heard we heard both sides from our guests. Uh, some people loved him. Some people didn't like him as much. And right now, the people who didn't like him as much are looking a little better. And you know what? He's uh, one of the reasons why. Look, Jordan Howard. Yes, he couldn't catch a pass last year, but the dude can run. And yeah. you're seeing that in Philly. And he broke the most tackles in the second most tackles in the league last year. So I think even more than Mitch Trubisky having a little bit of a setback, maybe not more, but just as much. That Bears offense is struggling because they can't get a running game going. And and that whole. That whole thing is about misdirection and running game and, and play action. So David Montgomery's got to step his game up because he had another bad week last week. Um, Michael, who's your first stock up player? My first stock up is Michael Gallup. Yeah, yo. This Here was a lot of garbage time. Like he had 90. Well, not gar- Well, yeah, garbage time. They're down 28. But they it was a valiant comeback effort. He had 90 yards and the touchdown in the second half. But Michael Gallup just came right back after what was supposed to be a game where he gets eased in and just dominated again. Seven for 113 and a touchdown. So far, three healthy games. One game he went six for 68, which is reasonable. Like, it's fair. And then you got two games over 20 points, and that offense is just operates a lot better passing-wise um, when Michael Gallup is involved and Green Bay secondary. Green Bay's defense overall in their secondary, besides the game against the Eagles where they struggled, they've been absolutely dominant all season. So it was great to see for Michael Gallup owners that his stock is certainly on the rise. You know, Michael Gallup, if you haven't watched him play in live, dude's big. Don't get fooled by his reputation and his 40 time and the la- fact that his last name is Gallup. That dude is giant. Yeah. So he's not only can make the big plays, he could also make the tough catches, and he's a big boy. So, um, yeah, shout-out to Michael Gallup, who they put Devin Smith in that role, and I thought that role was the reason why Michael Gallup was having success. That's why I banked on Devin Smith. Uh-uh. Not so much. It's because Gallup is nice. Uh, Jason, what you got? Uh, I got a big L on my forehead, fellas. Uh, my stock rising, I'm taking an L on this player, Corlin Sutton. Oh, I'm, 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 <laughs> I, I own him, so I'm down. Listen, you guys know I'm all about the quarterback play. Uh, I, I'm the creator of true throw value. I really believe that quarterback play is the most important part of a receiver for fantasy. I didn't think Joe Flacco could supporting outside wide receiver at this point in his career it's just been he's only been good to slot receivers uh, in the last few years but i mean i'm gonna have to rethink what i was saying uh, there comes a point where it's not a fluke he has 400 yards three touchdowns i believe he's like the 10th wide receiver in ppr right now his his stock is going up even in tough matchups He's killing it every week. He's really been killing it. The Chargers secondary is not an easy matchup. And if you saw the play, like most of his yards last week came on one play. It was a 75-yard touchdown run. And if you saw the play, he caught the ball 30 yards, and he made two guys miss, and he was out. Um, Again, you got to remember, Cortland Sutton, second-round pick. They spend the high draft capital on him for a reason. Very talented player um, out of uh, 
SMU. SMU. Yeah, yes. so very, very valuable, very talented player. Was so, it SMU? I thought it was TCU. No, no, SMU. SMU, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jason. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Cortland Sutton bandwagon. Uh, my, my second guy is Jordan Howard. Look, it seems as though Darren Sproles is done, um, at least getting Basically, carries. Yeah. The last two weeks, Darren Sproles has not been part of that offense, and it's been just Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. And if you're asking me who I'd like to go with, Jordan Howard has the track record, and Jordan Howard's clearly the goal line back for a high-powered offense. And when you're talking about uh, the ability for a team that doesn't have a lot of goal-line presence um, in terms of the passing game, yes, Zach Ertz is a goal-line threat, but you wouldn't consider him like a super big goal-line guy this year. Alshon Jeffries always hurt, and he does have history as a goal-line player, but they want to run... Excuse me. They want to run the ball on that goal line. And Jordan Howard's the guy they've been doing with the past two weeks. He got another rushing touchdown against the Jets. Um, so I think Jordan Howard's stock is definitely up. I think that if you're talking about a high-powered offense like Philly, you're talking about cutting one of the running backs out of that three-man rotation, and you're talking about goal line work. That Now, am I saying he's going to be an RB1? No. But, you know, Jordan Howard playable in the flex from here on out. I, I love it, man. We've all been Jordan Howard guys. We have been. Like, since the beginning. Yeah. He's a good player, real. He's a good player. Just because he doesn't catch the ball, he gets shit, but he's a good player. No, but it's great because then you see the guys on Twitter, the analytic guys who do nothing but look at the analytics and don't watch any football. They just Literally, I saw someone who said, I don't watch a single second of football. I only use the numbers, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Like, okay, leave. Yeah. Why would you say that out loud? Michael, you're hating on people on Twitter today. I am. Because <laughs> Michael's mad at Twitter. Everyone today. hates Jordan Howard on Twitter. All those analytic guys who think they're too cool for everybody. Yeah, they love Miles Sanders. And they love Miles Sanders. And guess what? Jordan Howard continues to outplay Miles Sanders. Guess what? Week six is coming up. Is it still time to go buy Miles Sanders? Is it still time go pay up for Miles Sanders? Fucking people piss me off because <laughs> all those people Michael. who drafted Miles Sanders in the fifth round or fourth round are looking at their team like, oh, now I got Miles Sanders and he's unusable. Unless he wants seven points. Michael is angry today, guys. Can Miles Sanders take over the job? Sure. Is it looking likely or plausible? No. I. This does not look like Jordan. Jordan Howard's not going anywhere yeah. because he's playing too well to go anywhere. They also, they also traded for him. Um, and they got him for one year, so they're not scared to, to wear him out. This is why we said our favorite... Eagles running back at ADP throughout the whole offseason was Jordan Howard. Because you got him for free, basically. Yeah, you got him in the double-digit rounds when Miles Sanders' stock was trending so far up that you had to take him in the fourth, fifth by the end of it. I got Miles Sanders in one league in the seventh, and I'm regretting that. I can't imagine taking him in the fourth or fifth. Uh, Jason, um, who's your first, I mean, your second stock up? My last stock up. Skip me again. Aaron no, I didn't. Jones. I only gave one. Jason already gave two. Your no, last this is my last second. <laughs> Oh, Jason. It's Aaron Jones. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Jones. Well, why do you say that, Jason? Did he do anything last week? Huh? Uh, I missed it. Not really. <laughs> he's the end zone four times. At seven catches, 75 yards. Dude, as long as Jamal Williams is out, and hopefully Matt LaFleur realizes when Jamal Williams does come back that his team is better when Aaron Jones is getting all the touches, this can be greatness. Because as long as Jamal Williams is out, Aaron Jones is a high-end RB1. I don't yeah. think you can say otherwise. He's being kept afloat even with touchdowns in weeks where he wasn't getting any yards. He's basically a guarantee to find the end zone at least once a week. Guys, Aaron Jones has eight rushing touchdowns. It's a lot. We're going into week six. He has eight rushing touchdowns. Absolutely absurd. Can I ask you guys a question? You know how you guys have that regress to the means type of um, yeah. outlook? 
Do you think yeah. it's time to maybe sell high in Aaron Jones right now? You could, I don't but think so. there's like the the way well, like Will Fuller the the um, what's it called the Texans offense hasn't changed, right? So you you should expect similar output. When it comes to the Packers, mm-hmm. we've seen dominant running backs in the past coming out of Green Bay, and it's a new offense with Matt Lafleur, so you can't really base the mean off anything. That's fa- that's facts. And Derrick Henry last year with Matt Lafleur at the end of the year when he was the workhorse was on pace to score a touchdown per game. So also, if Aaron Jones is the workhorse in this offense, he has the potential for twenty touchdowns on the ground. It's crazy to say, but so twenty's a lot. <laughs> I, he has eight. I know, but like he has eight already. <laughs> So I don't think that it's crazy to think that it the mean doesn't count here. All right, that. Uh, Mike, who's your second guy? Uh, this could go quickly since we already discussed him basically in the news section. Uh, Marlon Mack, not because one, yes, he's looked better than he did last season. He looks like a very good running back. Two, uh, three receptions, nice to see on three targets, only sixteen yards. So still not super involved in the passing game, but nice to see him get three targets and three receptions. And the fact that the offensive line is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And if they're going to continue to smash the defensive line and Marlon Mack's just going to continue running right behind it, then Marlon Mack's going to be a super solid play. I think that I'm on the Jason bandwagon here. I would try and sell Marlon Mack this week. I would try and sell him and move up. If I can get a guy in a package like Mark Ingram or or Aaron Jones and have Marlon Mack in that because – Nothing that I saw yesterday changes my view that he's game script dependent and he's touchdown dependent because he's not going to get 28 touches a game in a regular game. And he's not, and he is, you've seen him bust when he doesn't have a touchdown. Yeah. So if you could sell high on Marlon Mack this week, I think this is the week to sell high on Marlon Mack. Yeah, all because his stock is up doesn't mean I'm saying to keep him. Sometimes it's the Sometimes right time. Sometimes it's perfect time to cash it's in. It's the right time to cash in. Yeah. Um, like if you could get like a, who had a down week? Like a, a two studs who had a down week. Like if Maybe you go Keenan get Allen. like a Mike Evans or something. Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. Mike Evans got it. the fucking donut. The donut's rough. Yeah. Um. But I mean, who would rather have the rest of the season? The answer is Mike Evans. Yeah. Or if you can get Carry On Johnson off a of bye week or something like that. True that. Um. Michael Thomas is my second stock up. This is the second week in a row that I have in my stock up segment because last week I'm like he is a viable wide receiver. Even without Teddy Bridgewater. He went off. This week, he had one... Bonanza. Bonanza. 11 receptions on 13 targets, 182 yards, and two touchdowns. Not only is he viable, he's one. He's on high-end wide receiver one. He's in that category now, and people sometimes discredit Michael Thomas because he's playing with such a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's in that category now of a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, where he's almost quarterback-proof. He's he's in that list because he's so fucking good. Uh, at this point, he's absolutely quarterback. And he's like quarterback and defense proof. Right. So I mean, I'm playing Michael Thomas no matter what. Uh, we mentioned how inconsistent Michael Thomas was last year. That's out the fucking window. He's been one of the most consistent players in the league this year. So Michael Thomas, I I I keep saying that this trade I made that I love so much. I got Michael Thomas in a trade um, for Ty Ty Lockett and David Montgomery for Michael Thomas and Robert Woods. I. I can't believe wow. I, I still I know, can't believe I got that trade done. I'm right loving. when Timmy sent it to us, me and Jason were like, yo. Yo, I know. Unbelievable. I'm <laughs> loving being a Michael Thomas owner. I haven't been a Michael Thomas owner since his rookie year. Um when I feel like I discovered him. Yeah. Um, I wish I had more more uh Michael Thomas shares. I haven't been a couple leagues. Michael, end us off. Who's your last stock up? The man, the myth, the legend, 
the song maker, DJ Chuck. Do, 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 do. This guy's a superstar. Stud. Holy superstar, moly. Look, you know, we're do- I'm doing a lot of those guys aren't right a lot and we are right a lot today. So I might as well continue going with it, right? <laughs> we said we love DJ Chark as a late round flyer this year. And we he, absolutely loved him as a late round flyer. And he had the three games in a row that were good and you guys you guys made fun of me like that wasn't our rule. And it is our rule. <laughs> yeah, and then dude, every four of five games over fifteen half PPR fantasy points. Shout out Allen Robinson, that's only half. Then DJ Chark in four games with Gardner Minshew and the damn Jaguars. Dude had eight receptions, 164 yards, and two touchdowns. The dude me and Jason are going to beat in the high-stakes league had DJ Chark. He had a lot of great players, but we had, you know, Aaron Jones and Will Fuller. So what's up? But, dude, <laughs> DJ Chark, holy moly, this dude's – you have to play him weekly now. Got to. It's crazy. He's a it's must awesome. He's and a Gardner start. Minshew is a stud. The guy just doesn't give Guys, any fucks. I don't know if you realize how impressive this performance was out of Gardner Minshew in a loss because – the Panthers' defense has been absolutely absurd so far to start the season. They've played Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, eh, and Deshaun Watson. None of them threw for over 220 passing yards. And Gardner Mishu went for 375 without an interception. Unreal. That Panthers' defense is very good. And a big reason is because Brian Burns looks like oh stud. absolute stud. That yeah. guy is causing havoc. Killing it. Um, That's it. We're done with stock up, right? Yep. All right. You know what follows the stock up? Why do we choose? Why do we choose ending the show on a on a terrible note like this? Horrible. We're going to the stock down. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The down traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame us. We're now down 43 percent. Almost everything there completely wiped out, and the Nasdaq, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. We are now down 43%. I'm so pleased with myself with these drops, I must say. They're yeah, solid. They're, they're so good. This um, one gets me hyped, too, in a bad down. way. But stock down gets you hyped? I'm pretty sure it's from... Is it not from the big smart? No. I mean the big short? It, the big no, smart? it's from... I, I, please don't sue us. I, I ripped it from <laughs> a documentary about um, the Wall Street crash f- that the big short is based on. Um, and it's Warren. It's a Warren Buffett inter- interview. I, at first, I started taking little clippets and putting them all together myself, and I was like, "Man, this is taking forever. Let me just find one that's already done." And bam, I did that. So much easier. Um, yeah, let's do our stock down segment again. Stock down does not mean that we're selling these guys. In fact, it's the opposite. You probably won't be able to sell them for as high as price um, as you can. So just because we're down on them doesn't mean they can't recover. And this guy is a perfect example. My first guy is Keenan Allen. Second pooper in a row. Chris Harris shut him down. Um, the reason why Keenan Allen is because, unfortunately, guys, as good as Keenan Allen is, and our brother Johnny is Keenan Allen's number one supporter, number one fan, and he keeps saying, why isn't Keenan Allen in the, in the, in the conversation for best receiver? And it's because he's not matchup proof. And there are guys who can shut down um, – Keenan Allen, one of the things that I missed out on in our reporting on the game was Chris Harris was born as a slot receiver. I mean, born as a slot corner. So when you're asking him to guard a number one receiver in the slot, it almost plays more into the hands of Chris Harris than it does before. And we saw that. What do you mean you didn't know? Everyone knows Chris Harris is a slot receiver. What are you talking about? I I said not that we didn't know. It's that we didn't mention it. He actually was... 
covering uh, Keenan on less than half his routes. So interesting that he wasn't targeted more when Chris Harris wasn't on him. That's true. But they also have Brian Callahan in the slot, too, who's not who's not too shabby himself. Right. So, yeah, not matchup-proof Keenan Allen, unfortunately. But then again, you know, don't sell Keenan Allen. He's going to come out probably within the next two weeks and give you a game with 20 points again. So don't panic just yet. That whole offense looked terrible in Denver. I mean, against Denver. So um, that's my first stock down. Michael, who's your first stock down? My first stock down is Joe Mixon. Joey Mix. You think, oh, that's a little strange on a game where he ran for 93 yards. I said it was strange. You want to know why? Because they played the Arizona Cardinals, and they tried very hard to establish the run, and the offense still couldn't do anything. Andy Dalton was 2 for 6 with 10 yards with going into like the 2-minute warning in the first half. Mixon went 8 for 60 on his opening drive. After that... After his 8-for-60, 11 rushes for 33 yards. One reception for 16 yards. The second half, when they almost made their miraculous comeback, was because Andy Dalton started slinging the damn ball again to Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate and company. Joe Mixon just continues to not be the guy everyone wants him to be. He just continues to be a RB2 option at best, not even close to RB1 option, inconsistent. And yes, he got 20 touches, but it was against Arizona in a game where he should have smashed, and he did not. So Joe Mixon is my stock falling because he just continues to not be not be very great. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jay. Since you're the guest of honor, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that just to piss him off. Fucking asshole. <laughs> What's, who's your my next My first guy? stock falling, Mr. Lazarus, Lazarus Fitzgerald. Really? Uh, Interesting. Listen, he started the season with Lazarus. 13 targets, and then 11, and then 7, and then 5, and then 8. 8 is good to see, but he hasn't scored double digits in the last two games. Christian Kirk went out, and he didn't see an uptick in any production. Uh, the Cardinals just haven't looked like a very good team. You act like their offense is decent, but it's, it's it hasn't been too good. And then even when they put up 26 points against the Bengals, Larry Fitzgerald wasn't very involved. Six for 58. After the first two weeks, it looked like he might be a solid as shit wide receiver two all year with wide receiver one upside. That's not even close to true now. Yeah, that's true. Now he's looking like a wide receiver three with a pretty low floor. So I mean, he still has the Larry upside. Fitzgerald, we, we need to see this offense improve. Uh, you know, we, we were the biggest people like, yo, who the fuck is Cliff Kingsbury to just come into the NFL and light it up with his offense like people thought he was going to do? And yeah. it just hasn't looked too good. So we'll see, but I'm definitely down on Fitz. For those of you who don't know who are listening right now, this is a year-long podcast. And so all year we talk about fantasy football. There's not many people who do that around the league. So stay checked in with us um, during that time because if you did, you would have heard our summer heat wave where we previewed every single team. And we would have told you if anyone's reason for why they like the Cardinals offense starts with because the Cliff Kingsbury air raid system is going to blank, then just don't trust it because you don't know what they're going to do because we've never seen it before. So don't just assume. And I think you're seeing that. Although, pretty good game by Kyler Murray last week just in terms of... That's because he was running. Yeah, just in terms of pure numbers. It's good to see him running. In the first four or five weeks, he wasn't running. Um, First four weeks. First three weeks. Excuse me. Um... Michael, who's your first stock down? Second stock down, Tim. Man, you, you, you know, having two, up, having two of you is, is, is confusing. You guys look alike. It's, it's confusing. 
It's Melvin Gordon. Mm. Uh, I was a very big proponent on Twitter. Uh, we got a lot of Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler questions, of course. If you got a response saying something along the lines of, I wouldn't trade for Melgo or I'd hold Eckler because you're not going to get value back, it was likely me answering because, or I think you guys were also with me on this. Where, where are they? But I answered a lot of those people because we. I'm just not sold on Melgo. Like, people had him as if he was just going to come back and be that workhorse again, and Austin Eckler's been one of the best running backs in the league while Melgo's been out. And Melgo did not look good yesterday. He got 12 rushes, 31 yards, bleh, against Denver, which is not a not a difficult uh, team to run on. Missing Bradley We Chubb. just saw Leonard Fournette run for over 200 yards against them. Austin Eckler only had three rush, rushes, which was kind of frustrating, but Austin Eckler had 15 receptions. 18 touches, you can't complain about yeah, 18 touches. Melgo had four receptions for seven yards, so even when he was catching it, uh, Phillip Rivers missed him on a screen pass on an important third down that maybe Eckler would have connected with him. They, Like I said, the Chargers are 2-3. and three. They don't have time to get Melgo acclimated. They need to win ball games now if they want to make the playoffs. And they're a good enough team to make the damn playoffs. I don't understand the Chargers yeah. every year doing this. But, yeah, Melgo is my stock down because if you were waiting for Melgo to come back, expecting him to be like this stud, I don't know if that's going to be the case. See, I'm I'm not as down on him as you because I do believe that there is a r- margin for error. But with that being said, we have to remember, and Jason was not shy about saying this all offseason, the, la- the first time he rushed for 1,000 yards in this season was last season. The first time he rushed for over four yards a carry was last season. The first time he really had a, f- a, a dominant running back season was last season. That wasn't fantasy-based and volume-based. So... There is something to be said about, is Melvin Gordon the back that we think he is? Or is he a volume-based back that's not going to get as much volume now? Because if that's the case, then you're in trouble. But if he is that guy that he looked like last year, then there is still an opportunity for him to come in and be workhorse-ish. There's not Eckler's going to have a role in that offense. They He's been too good for them to just sit him. That's for sure. So... With that being said, I, 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 even though it does look like he's not as good as he was last year, I do say be a little patient on this one. Be a little patient. Um, Jason, Breaking news, Tim. Tevin Coleman is active. Ooh. Tevin Coleman's going to play. Jeff Wilson, four touchdowns in the last two games is a healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. Yep. Tevin Coleman's taking that role. I can't wait. He's on my team. Sucks for anyone who needed Matt Breida to have a big game today. I don't think it does. I think Matt Breida continues the exact same role. If you expected Matt Breida to be a workhorse or anything like that, whether Tevin Coleman's in or out, then you're just sadly mistaken because Tevin yeah, he was never going to be that. We'll see how much Coleman uh, plays today. I, I, I think he just. I think the Coleman Coleman probably takes the role of Wilson and Moster combined, and then you got Breida playing the Breida role. Um, Jason, who's your second guy? My final stock down for this week, Josh Gordon. Uh, there just comes a point where it has to happen. Yep. And, you know, he got uh, let back into the NFL, and everyone said, oh, Josh Gordon's back. Beast. Uh, week one happens. He scores a touchdown on only four targets. Oh, we're looking good. The Patriots get A.B., and then they release A.B. Oh, Josh Gordon's going to be a beast again. He's placing Washington. He's going to be a stud. Dorsett gets hurt in the first quarter. Every game, he comes out with six points, eight points. And the issue is that he's seeing eight targets. 
seven targets, 11 targets, and they're just, he's not doing much with them. Uh, and, you know, maybe we should have saw this coming. Tom Brady was middle of the pack in true throw value last year. Uh, this season, we're going to release those soon, so we'll see what that looks like. But Yeah, for know, true throw value, you would just be misleading the customer if you gave it before week six, I feel like. So I yeah I didn't want to do that. Yeah, stay on the lookout for some. Yeah, you need you need something. Stay on the lookout for some. We need some sample size. True throw value. If you don't know, BrotoFantasy.com is where you find true throw value. Explain to the people what true throw value is, real quick, Jason, before we get into our next one. All right, uh, quick synopsis. Uh, the quarterback, I give a value to how much their throws are worth, essentially fantasy points per throw, and then um, I look at the targets that the receivers get from that, and I tell you how many points they're expected to score from that many targets from that quarterback. Boom. There you go. So basically they put he puts a value on a throw even if it's an incomplete pass. What is every throw worth? Um I I'm going to wait for you Mike. I'm going to put your last guy last because I'm I'm about to have an argument with you. I already sure. know. Um my second guy is a, is a dual threat here. Michael Harmon and Darren Williams. Reports say that Tyreek Hill will be back next week. If he is, Sayonara Michael Hardman. Um Damian Williams. He took over that backfield last week. Daryl Williams, no points. He only saw four snaps. Um, sorry, Daryl Williams owners. Um, sorry, McCole Hardman owners. Your time in the sun, as nice as it was, is now over. The stars are back. Their stocks are way down. Um, can't even sell those guys. It's time to probably release. Um, I would wait until Tyreek Hill is act- actually back, but probably time to release Daryl Williams. Um, Michael, who's your last guy? I'm not going to lie. I just released him. Uh, to grab Marquise Goodwin before this game just to take a shot because who knows? Maybe he is more acclimated in the offense. It's a good one. I was thinking about dropping someone for Jimmy G. I just Jimmy tweeted G on Twitter, actually, if anyone listens to this right when we drop it, grab Dante Pettis or Debo Samuel uh, before the game because they'll be popular waiver ads if they have a good game tonight. Facts. Um, we're trying to save that fab. Mike, okay. I did that. I actually did that in a league where Brandon Cooks, I need an insurance policy. I added Preston Williams for free. About an hour ago. Michael? My last stock down was Mark Andrews. Blasphemy. Now listen to me, Tim, okay? I'm not going to listen Listen to me. Tim, listen to me. No. Just just listen to me. No. He went for 8, 100, and a touchdown back-to-back games, right? Weeks 1 and 2. All was good and dandy. Mark Andrews, everyone decided, was a top 3 tight end option from there on out. Still is. Since then, he scored. Well, not, not since then. Last week. He had seven targets, five receptions, 45 yards, three, 11.1, and seven in half PPR since then. That's when I, That's what I meant when I said since then. Three points, 11.1 points, seven points. Would you have meant anything else when you said since then? <laughs> that's 21 points in three games. That's an average of seven. At Like we said, Mark Andrews plays less than half the snaps. So when he's on the field, he needs to get the targets. He's getting targets, but... It has not been all good and dandy when they're not playing the absolutely awful teams. Okay, so here we go. Here's where I I, I he school is you to the game. a tight end one. Let me school you to the game. He's youngest. just not a top five tight end that everyone proclaimed he was. Let me school you to the game because you know I'm Mark Andrews' number one fan. And here's the fact. And wait, I want to say one more thing because you can't just jump in when I'm not oh done my with my God. argument. All right, go ahead, go ahead. The rebuttal comes after. Go ahead. Lamar Jackson throwing a ton is not working out right now for the Ravens. That's, they just squeaked out a win. That's the thing. So if they start getting back to their running game a lot more like they did 
last season. Better and for Mark Andrews. It's not better for Mark it's Andrews. It's better for Mark Andrews. If if Lamar Jackson attempts eight fewer passes next game, it's better for Mark Andrews. If, Mar- if Lamar it Jackson could open up more opportunities downfield. If Lamar no, if Lamar Jackson has eight fewer passes, five of those are going to be shorter. Are going to be no more long passes because right now Lamar Jackson is not hitting the long passes like he did in the beginning of the year. And let me tell you something about Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was like a a, a yard away from a touchdown last game. If he converts, he if he converts that touchdown, you're not. He's not on this list. This, but he this didn't. Week, right. He led the team in targets. Jay, did he? I don't think he did. He did. <laughs> I'm saying, did he score the touchdown? He led the team in targets. Okay? Hollywood Brown went down with an injury. What? What? How is he stocked down? This guy should be in the stock up category. He led the league. In, yeah, it's he didn't have a great he's, game. He's not the top five perennial. He is. He is. Every week tight he's, end that he's people a top to five. Be. He's a top five tight end. 21 points in the last three weeks as otherwise. Do you know what it is? His bad games have come on Lamar Jackson bad games. So Lamar Jackson has to step his game up. And that's the only part that worries me. But Mark Andrews himself, he was an inch away from that touchdown, bro. If he would have got into the end zone, he he would not have been on this list, like I said. He led the team in in receptions. And if they're going to scale back the offense, that's good news for Mark Andrews. He's the tight end. Mark Andrews was... He was very close to catching a touchdown. I mean, Will Fuller was also close to two more touchdowns, but things like that happen. What Imagine does that even if mean? Will Fuller had five touchdowns yesterday. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Uh, before we leave, I just want to shout out our sponsors, Red Cup News. Shout out Red Cup News on uh, redcup.com and at Red Cup News on Instagram. Also, uh, Thrive Fantasy. On Wednesdays, we give you the Thrive Five. Oh, shit. Jason's not going to be here for the Thrive Five. We got to do a Thrive Five without Jason this time. Um, for the Thrive Five, we give you five picks on this new daily fantasy site, thrivefantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app. Put in our promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, and get $10 back on your first deposit of $10 or more. In our Patreon Discord chat, sorry to cut you off, Tim, but he said in the Discord chat this morning, shout out to Thrive. I played a $5 tournament yesterday and won 35 Who bucks. was it? Who was it? See who it was so we can oh, shout him out. I got you. Um, but yeah, someone someone quadrupled their, no, sixtupled their money. So shout out to that person who we're about to find out right now. Uh, uh, Thrive uh, Fantasy. His name on, I'm not sure who, but his name on Patreon is Dick Hammer. So there's Dick that. Dick Hammer. You can't, Dick Hammer hammered it down with the dick. Um, so yes, <laughs> shout out to Dick Hammer uh, for winning that money. And again, Thrive Fantasy, it's, it's prop based, so it's basically fantasy because if you think a player is going to be do, do good, you give them the over on yards or the under on yards or touchdowns or receptions or whatever you could bet props on. So we've had some success on there. We've had people who signed up with our promo code who've had success on there. Uh, so shout out to everyone who's done that. Again, that's ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. Promo code BROTO, BROTO, for $10 free on your first deposit of $10 or more. Michael, where could they find you? Mike underscore Petrop. Jason. Uh, Jason Petrop. At Tim Petrov on all social media outlets, but only frisky. if you feel real, 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 real frisky. Shout out to BrotoFantasy.com, the hub where you can find everything, including the true throw values from last year, which we're going to have the neutral through new true throw values. I got it. Coming up soon. On top of that, you can find our every week our rankings, our waiver rankings. You can find videos so you can see our beautiful faces. Um, you can find the wrap-up where I wrap up. I spit some bars about some stuff. If you guys didn't know, I'm a bar spitter. I'm a... No, I can't say any of the other words in that song. Um, Until next time, we love y'all. Remember, oh, patreon.com slash Fantasy for the free episode tomorrow on waiver wires. It's going to a little bit better waiver wires this week than our last week. So make sure to check that out. Until next week. Word up.
Later. Until Wednesday. See ya. Later. Later.